0: Welcome to A Walk in My Stilettos, where our goal is to help you walk in your greatness. I'm your host, McKinney Smith. The purpose of this show is to inspire you to walk in your greatness. We have conversations with amazing women that are letting us take a step into their stilettos. I get inspired when I see a woman succeeding, but what inspires me more is her backstory and mindset on how she got there. So today's guest is about to bless us with her testimony, and since you're already here, you may as well subscribe. Today we have Tracy Asensio. I really hope I'm not butchering your name, girlfriend. (laughs) She's an (laughs) award-winning publicist who works with some of the most notable brands in the country, such as Miller Coors, Honda, Brown, Foreman, Red Bull, executing media relation plans, and assisting with strategy development, program coordination, and administration. She's an account supervisor for Bacardi's Multicultural at Team Enterprises, developing relevant, engaging, and disruptive multicultural programming across the Bacardi portfolio of brands. Please welcome to the show, Tracy. (laughs) Nice. I love it. Oh, thank
1: you for having me, McKinney. Super excited to chatting with you. Love thank these kind you. of conversation. Thank love you so guys. much Girl for... power
0: all day. I love it. I love it. Thank you for agreeing to come on and share your gems with us. And I probably should have asked you beforehand. I thought about it as I was reading your last name. I was like, okay, I, please, please. <laughs> Did you I said pronounce it correctly? right. You said... okay. <laughs> okay. Yes, Asensio. Yes, absolutely. Love it. Love it. Love it. (laughs) So that leads right into my icebreaker question, because I like to start with this question just to, you know, get a sense of where people are coming from. And Mm -hmm. oftentimes we have all these titles as women that we go by, Mm -hmm. but a title that's not given enough significance is our name. So my first question to you, Tracy, is do you know what your name means?
1: Yes, I do. So it is derived from the Irish word trisage which mm. basically translates into warlike, fighter, higher, more powerful and superior. Mm. Um yes, it's a very powerful name my daddy gave me. I love uh, it and I I technically I do feel like I embody all of those adjectives. So uh yeah.
0: Wow. I think it's beautiful. So even the definition that you just gave, and when I looked it up, it came from like, you know how a name can come from um, different countries or whatever. Yeah. So it had a, a list of meanings from different countries. Mm-hmm, and when I looked at mm-hmm. the American meaning, Tracy meant brave. Yeah. When I looked at the Latin meaning, Tracy meant bold. So no matter yeah. know, which version of it you looked up, it was on point.
1: Yeah. It was every, it's so crazy because I love to say this, my father named me and my brothers all after uh, motivational speakers, mm. um, because he always said that we, this would help us to grow up to be great people. And um, I was named after Brian Tracy, who's like a motivational oh, I love speaker. It. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I never really thought about looking up my name or what it meant. But as of recently, I always wanted to see, like you were saying, it connects back to who we are, like mm-hmm. in a way unconsciously our parents give us our names but also kind of gives us a personality and when I you know looked at my name I was like wow every adjective just like you just described um <laughs> really has a, is a part of me and who I am and a lot of people can describe me as such so yes Tracy
0: I love me very it. well <laughs> I love it I, I love that your father named you guys after motivational speakers I think that's yes. so powerful yeah that is so powerful yes. I love it I love it, okay, so <laughs> let me ask you this. What did you want to be when you were a little girl? Oh, my God, I love this question. So I wanted to be a teacher,
1: okay. I always wanted to be a teacher because I always saw teachers as these leaders who demanded attention and respect, and from a young age knew that I was not born to follow but to lead, mm-hmm. and from a young age, I guess I was exposed the most to teachers, and so I wanted to be a teacher because I felt like that was a position of power. Mm -hmm. And so I would always play school with my little brother and my cousin and I would be the teacher and I would get to boss them around and they would look (laughs) up to me. And it was fun because, you know, it gave me this, it would empower me to, to kind of be the leader, but also teach. Mm -hmm. And I think that was always like in the back of my mind just to be a teacher. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I think I think that's beautiful. Like we're all responsible for molding the next generation, and you know, no matter what form of leadership that you're in, it's your responsibility to to teach. So I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So can you share with us how did you decide to become a publicist?
1: So it's crazy because I initially went to school. I got my degree in communications, and I minored in psychology. So I, my my concentration was to become a reporter, so more versus uh, broadcast journalism.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: while I was in school, I realized as I interned and, you know, I was like the uh, manager for the television station at the university, and, and I loved it. I loved everything about the production and journalism world, but I once I entered that like NBC, I was in front of the camera, and when I got put in front of the camera, I was like, Ugh. I can't do this. (laughs) This is not me. (laughs) This is just not, I wasn't cut out for this piece because, again, I am a natural born leader. I do consider myself a natural born leader. And I felt better behind the cameras, kind of being the puppet Mm -hmm. master and and coming up with the ideas and coming up with what the people were going to say and, you know, how they were going to say it versus being in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, what am I going to do with this communications degree? Because I really thought that it was just broadcasters and I didn't realize how much what a big umbrella under communication came. So it came, you have marketing, you have PR, you have, you know, journalism. It's just so much. So I started exploring my other options because by this point I'm already a junior in college. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, I was like, okay, I got to figure it out. I have to stay with this degree. And so You know, it it really just happened weirdly. There was this program, this scholarship program posted in the university for Latino students. And they offered you the scholarship and the trip to go to this conference where you would learn about how to be a professional, it would help you transition into um, your career. And then at the end of the conference, they would do this job expo, career expo. And Mm -hmm. all these companies would be there and you get to choose whatever company you wanted to go to and interview with them, whatever. And so I went, you know, I got the scholarship, great, went to the conference, great. Miller Coors was at the conference, they were the leading sponsors. And Everybody, because it was the beer company, it was the booze company, everybody right. was, wanted that gig. Everybody wanted the gig. The problem was there was only one spot for the gig for the mm. internship, and it was a summer internship. So it was like 500 students at this conference, and um, I, I wanted it too. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I wasn't interested in the insurance companies or, you know, anything else, just sales jobs. I wanted to go work for booze in Chicago. Mm. And so, you know, while I was in line, I was like, I don't know what I would do for Miller course. I don't know how this relates to my degree. I just know I want to get there. And I know that this is going to be mine. I don't know. I kept in the line just telling myself that this was going to be mine. And when I got to the front of the line, I just basically told the guy, the the recruiter, I was like, okay, so tell me, once I get the job, what am I going to be doing? <laughs> yeah, where am I going to existence. be living? Yeah, yeah. yeah, where are you guys going to put me? How, you know, how are we going to, you know, I just kind of basically talked to him like if I had already got the internship, just got the mm-hmm. job. Went home, whatever. A couple months later, got the call. I got it. I was chosen by the 500, out of 500 students, I wow. became the Miller Course Scholar for the summer, right? Wow. Again, I don't know what the heck I'm doing at Miller Course. I don't know what, I don't know how this is going to apply to my career. I I literally just had graduated already by this point when I got the offer, and I never had been to Chicago a day in my life. Mm-hmm. So I went to Chicago, I was, the. they told me that the internship was to work with the Multicultural Public Affairs Department at Corps headquarters, and I was going to work with Steve Canal, who is now my great mentor and yeah, that was it. I got there, and one thing led to another and I ended up from there working with their MillerCourse partner p r agency a couple when my internship was over the p r agency gave me fell in love with p r the mm-hmm. p r agency offered me a job. And then I was in multicultural PR agency ever since. It's been over five years.
0: Wow! Wow! Oh so, yeah,
1: that's yeah. awesome.
0: So, what inspires you most about what you do? So, the most inspiring part of my job—it's
1: empowering and, and inspiring at the same time because I get to be the one that represents for my culture. Mm. In a, you know, in corporate America, there's not many Black and Brown people, let alone women, let alone Afro-Latina women. Right. So. Being able to be in this role that I am and seen as an expert in this space and represent my people is the reason why I wake up every morning and I'm excited every day, like, to come to work and and really provide my expertise, not only from a marketer perspective, but from a consumer standpoint and knowing what my people want to know, want to see brands do for them. That's that's a powerful thing, you know, and that really just fills me with joy. And it's what excites me the most.
0: So what advice would you give to another woman that's considering getting into the multicultural marketing world?
1: So for me, I think our biggest asset is being double minority because basically you are a woman, you are a minority because it's multicultural. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the biggest asset and it should never be perceived as a shortcoming or a disadvantage or a crutch, but as their greatest weapon. So use it as your greatest weapon and exploit it. And under no circumstance, allow anybody to take your power away because it's yours. You own it and nobody knows what you know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So own what you are
0: and who you are. I love it. See that. I love it. I love it. Okay. So. Being that you work in an environment that is multicultural, being that, like you said, the double minority, I'm sure that my next question, you may have many things that you can think of. So (laughs) what are some adversities that you've had to experience to get to where you are today? I think the biggest, um, and I even did like a little mini
1: documentary thing or PSA about it, was going into a room and people not knowing what I was. And the question was always, what are you?
0: Mm.
1: Like, are you black? Are you white? Are you Hispanic? Are you, what, like, what are you? Mm-hmm. And I think not being able to fit into any particular bubble because I was all of the above right. um, was, was one of the biggest challenges that I had to overcome. And so, but it, it was a challenge that I quickly decided to address. I am a very proud Afro Latina Mm -hmm. from the Dominican Republic. I have both Latino Hispanic roots, as I do African American roots, and I was raised in the United States. So, with that being said, I did this documentary, this PSA called "United but Not One People," which basically shares like the different colors that Hispanic people come in, and how we can't be boxed into one place. And this was personal for me and also, like, educational for marketers because I think with Hispanics in general or with all cultures, but we face this a lot in the sense of, like, you know, marketers can assume that all Hispanics are the same. Right. We're so different. And we we, come in different shapes, sizes, colors. The cultures are different a Dominican is different from a Mexican and a Puerto Rican and you know although our language brings us tie us together we still have so many different aspects of who we are
0: right and so
1: you got to kind of talk figure out how to talk to each and every one of us in a different way and so that was kind of how United but Not What People came about it was to educate marketers but also to share my story and to let people know like this is what i am this is who i am i'm everything that you think i am but the overcompassing message is i'm dominican i'm afro-latina and i own all of this Mm.
0: you know
1: i'm so i'm not (laughs) missing.
0: i love it i love it you know when i was in my early 20s um is when i had my first trip to the dominican republic and that was for me a learning experience right about (laughs) the community because honestly okay so Backstory, ever since I was a teenage girl, I had a thing for Puerto Rican men. (laughs) Ah, was yes, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So I was always very visually attracted to any man that looked like he was from Puerto Rico. And I loved the Spanish accent. I like, trust me, girl. (laughs) So, you know, that was my thing. So my my high school sweetheart, I thought when I met him that he was Puerto Rican. And he's actually mixed, like, my children are mixed. So I'll get into that in a minute. But, you know, yeah. he was mixed. So then when we split eight years later and I ended up meeting the man who became my ex-husband, I thought that he was part from Jamaica and from um, like in Jamaica, they have how do you say this? They have Jamaicans that look Indian. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. uh Uh-huh. So uh-huh. I yeah. th- Because he spoke Pato better than I did, I just assumed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Long long story short, he took me to Dominican Republic on our first trip. And when we got off, people thought that we were both Dominican. And we could both speak Spanish. Like, he took adult Spanish classes. And the only Spanish I knew was from high school. But they thought that we were both from there. They thought we were locals. And I was like, hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then we got right. to the resort, and I was seeing the different, like you were saying, like the different colors of Hispanics mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. different, um, the beauty and the different skin tones and the, you know, the, the hair texture, everything. It was so right. diverse, and to me, that was brand new. Yeah. So if I hadn't gone to Dominican, I don't know how long it would have taken me to to get to that point. But I think that it's beautiful that you make people aware of that because I'm sure that that assumption. Of, you know, if you're Latina, if you're Hispanic, that it's just one, there's a stereotype. Yeah,
1: there is. Exactly. Yeah.
0: The other thing that you mentioned that I wanted to speak to is, you know, when you were growing up and you talked about what are you? You know, people asking you, Mm -hmm. what are you? So all Mm -hmm. three of my children are mixed and their father is mixed. I come from a different mix of cultures and races in my family. So them being able mm-hmm. to be, you know, racially ambiguous, people are always asking, like, what do you mix with? What's your background? And they list, like, right. all the nations in the world. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm, <laughs> um,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I think there's a huge difference when you grow up mixed in the U.S. versus in Canada. Right. Oh, yeah. There, There is because, you know, in the U.S., U.S. is black and white in, mm-hmm. in, in
1: all the aspects of the world. I mean, in of all the aspects of the phrase, black and white, um, not necessarily like skin tone or whatever, but, you know, you either this or that. And when mm-hmm. you fall into this middle ground, it's like, what the hell? Like, who is this? I remember when I moved to Chicago for the first time, there's not many Dominicans in, in Chicago at all. And yeah. um, let alone people that look like me. People used to really look at me like a Martian. Like, if I, like, was this, creature from somewhere else like Mm -hmm. really like people would stop and stare like what is she like she has freckles but she got like the curly you know ethnic hair but then Mm -hmm. like light skin like people really would look at me and I would see it and it's crazy because you know if you don't fall into that again black and white you, you know category People are like flabbergasted because they're not, they don't know, they're not educated. And it's, it's why we have brands are now doing multicultural marketing mm-hmm. and, you know, studying the multicultural communities because that's another space that we need to educate people on.
0: Yes, for sure. Like my middle daughter, she's an influencer on online and like on Instagram, she's almost at like 300,000 followers or some craziness. But because she is mixed with, jamaican and trinidadian and irish and native canadian like it, she's got such a mix and then she's got locks and she dyes your hair like bright fire engine red so mm-hmm. people are like oh my god what are you <laughs> like you're right. so exotic looking like she built her following exactly. strictly based off of people being curious about her looks exactly. I, I think it's an interesting culture that, that we live in right now but for you to be a part of you know a multicultural marketing team i think that's amazing because you're educating people on so much.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So <laughs> I, I want to ask, I know you, you mentioned Steve Canal. Do you have mm-hmm. any other mentors or coaches that have helped you along the way? So number
1: one would be my, my father, my daddy. My daddy, again, like I told you, he named us after motivational speakers. But it went beyond that. My father was the type that um, on our way to school, we would be listening to motivational speeches and we would be stuck if he was reading the secret that month because he was he's an avid reader mm-hmm. he would print out a chapter and that week are, me and my brothers we would have to study that chapter and on sunday morning we would sit down and study and review this chapter wow. and that built a lot of my consciousness and a lot of the way that i think and, and approach life in a day-to-day basis so my dad is definitely number one i would say God, the Word of God. Um, I'm a very spiritual person, and I do mm-hmm. believe that that the Word has gotten me pretty far in life and keeping me grounded and humbled me. I've been blessed, to say the least. But for the most part, I am in such a great place that you know it wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't for God guiding me to this mm-hmm. point and keeping me sane and keeping me grounded.
0: Mm-hmm. Steve
1: Canal, I, Steve Canal is definitely on my top four list. Uh, he he definitely got me to open my mind to understanding what multicultural marketing was, open my mind to going outside of the bubble of thinking past, you know, communications and, and you know, there is more gems within what, you know, I had majored in. Mm-hmm. Uh and, and he, you know, he put me on. He really helped shape my career. And then life. Life is our biggest coach <laughs> and mentor.
0: There yes, is. it is. Yes, um, it is.
1: You know, it's the trials and tribulations that make you learn and become a stronger person and better at what you do every day.
0: The school of hard knocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yep. with Steve Canal and his crew and ton, yep. they are amazing. Yep. They are amazing yes, men. they are. So many women talk about, "Oh, there's no good men out here in this world." Yes, those who are married, but they are an example of great men. Like, yeah, they, that's why they're married. That's yes, why they're married. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> yes, they are. I met to Steve. We worked on you know a variety of projects together with the Exhibit Great Tour. I'm sure you're familiar with.
0: Yeah, um, I was part of, of it them. The came here.
1: Yeah, they're best-selling authors. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, what better? People to have in your corner, and that's another thing that I think Steve, for a lot, is is exposing me to to folks that will help me become better. Um, And my circle has definitely become a circle of authors and writers and producers and Mark, you know, people that are really moving and shaking our Mm -hmm. culture. And a lot of
0: that has to do with Mr. Canal. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, yes. I mean, I've been connected with Anaton Bariola for a few years now. And mm-hmm. he connected me to Steve Canal. So they, they brought the great tour to Toronto, mm-hmm. which I, I helped organize. And then I went when they did it in Miami. And mm-hmm. it was actually yeah. Anaton that connected me to you. And that's why yes. I think these are great men that understand the power of uplifting. Yeah, And they do. I think that they need to do a tour <laughs> showing yeah. other men how to empower just on a, a larger scale. Yeah. And you spoke Definitely. to your, your father and him yeah. putting you on to the book, the secret yeah. you, you spoke to two things. So when, when you, one, you mentioned the book, the secret, and then two, you spoke yeah. to, you know, God being a coach and a yeah. uh, mentor to you. So I love yes. that you mentioned the two, Because for myself personally, I'm a believer in the both, right? So God is definitely the foundation of everything that I do, you know, my source, my strength, my provider. And when I was connected to my mentor, Bob Proctor, who was featured in the documentary, The The Secret,
1: you know, I had a lot of
0: people in the Christian community that don't understand how you could believe both. They feel like the secret is Antichrist, But if you actually delve deep into the proper teachings of it without judging it from a superficial level you'll Mm -hmm. see that they are just making it easier for you to understand god's principles and what is written in the bible exactly and everything that i've learned from bob proctor has helped me to understand my faith in christianity even more so yeah yeah absolutely
1: wow yeah it's it's crazy because you know, I was having this conversation recently where it's like, I mean, it's all about manifestation. And at the end of the day, you know, whatever higher being or power, or whatever you want to put in there, it is what it is. It's whatever mm-hmm. you put out is what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. And for me, is it, I just posted this yesterday about like, you know, if you really want something, you need to do three things. You need to know what you want, write it down, and then review it frequently, and then affirm that you have it, know that you have it, and feel that you have it.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's all putting these positive affirmations into the universe. Whether I pray to God and say, God, I want this. This is how specific I want to be about it. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to believe that it's mine. Or whether I say, universe. It, it, I mean, it's it's really
0: God created the universe. Like God, exactly.
1: <laughs> However you want to put it. I just I think that there is a people. There's a confusion about. Mm-hmm what the secret is and the secret is really understanding how we're all connected to nature and how Mm -hmm. we're all connected to earth and god and all and everything could be ours if we just really believe and harness that power because we're more powerful than we really think we are and so but All that power comes from God and the universe that God created. So it's
0: all working together. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for that. (laughs) So I want to ask you with everything that you do and, you know, all the work that you're putting, Mm -hmm. putting in, what is your self-care routine? How do you take care of Tracy? So I
1: wake up in the morning and I do a prayer. I thank God every morning for waking me up, for giving me another day. That really grounds me, you know, and through that I kind of do, like, medit- I meditate. I do some yoga occasionally. I could be better. And I get my energy from my family. So mm-hmm. when I am drained, when I literally just did this yesterday, when I am drained, all I want to do at the end of the day is call my mother, see my father, hang out with my brothers.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: I'll literally make time to just be with my family. And being with my family, as, you know, cliche as it may sound, is really revamps me revitalizes me gives Mm -hmm. me energy to go back and you know be the best at what I am Mm -hmm. um a lot of people exercise and a lot of people you know do x y and z but for me I not only do I physically take care of myself but emotionally that's just kind of the way that I go about it
0: I love that I love that yeah Uh, prayer and being around family those are deep like (sighs) I think both of them—they ground you. They remind you of what's important. Mhm,
1: they do. They do.
0: So yep. I read, I read this article, and it yes. basically says that your favorite type of shoe says a lot about your personality. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I am going to ask you, Tracy. I mean, it's no secret. Mine is stilettos, hence my entire brand. But I'm going to ask you, Casey, what is your favorite type of shoe? Is it a boot, a running shoe, a flat, a flip-flop, a stiletto, pumps, sneakers? That's a hard one because
1: I love shoes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love
1: shoes. So my favorite type of shoe as a girly girl is a good sandal, Mm -hmm. a high heel sandal. And then secondarily is sneakers. I love sneakers. I'm a Yeezy girl. Mm. So, you know, but my mother, which is a great teacher and has also been a great mentor in a way and to me, has always told me that a woman doesn't go out without her heels. Mm. So heels, be, way, being in heels has always been part of my DNA, like part of my thing.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I, before I leave the house, even when I feel like wearing sneakers that day, I feel kind of guilty. Because <laughs> I, I hear my mother's voice in the background, like, where your heels at, girl? Where heels you on? So, a good, comfortable, you know, high heel sandal. Okay. So word
0: that. it says you're a total girl boss and you know it you're competitive, resolute and intimidating to those who can't keep up with your pace. This is the most mature of all the shoes. It's someone who's caring, efficient and powerful. They're usually in a leadership role. When everything is falling down around you, everyone will turn to the pump woman and say, what now? <laughs> And then we'll take a step back and kick ass and take care of business.
1: Yes. (laughs) I love it.
0: You you know something? It's so funny you just said
1: that. So I'm sitting in the office right before I called you. There was a fire that we had to put out. Oh, wow. I got my pumps on, and everybody walked in here, all five of my teammates and was like, uh, what do we do now? <laughs> so it was that's so funny that you say that because yes, that, that, that definitely describes me. See, I mean, I you can't, go. you know,
0: humbly speaking, humbly. humbly speaking <laughs> I love it so far. It has yes. been completely on point. So yes. before I go to the final segment of the show, I want you to tell people where they can stay connected with you online. Yes, the social platform that I use the most is Mm -hmm.
1: Instagram. Mm -hmm. So
0: you can find me
1: at Miss M.S. Tracy Asensio on Instagram, Tracy Asensio on Facebook, and Tracy Asensio on LinkedIn.
0: Perfect, perfect. So what I will do is I will have the uh, links to your socials in the details below your podcast so people can click on it and follow you directly. Yes. That'd be nice. All right, so the final segment of the show it's called a walk in her stilettos, and today we're calling it a walk in her pumps in honor of Tracy. So it's where you answer uh, reflection questions and just share whatever inspiration comes to mind first. So my question to you, Tracy, is if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, what would it say and why? My face will be on it,
1: Mm -hmm. but like it'll be like girl boss photo of me at a Mm -hmm. desk or something or in a room with a whole bunch of corporate men Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: it'll say something like i want it to be something that encompasses who i am Mm
0: -hmm. but also
1: empowers the next generation of young afro Latina women
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so whether it be own your identity own your culture own who you are Mm -hmm. and then have the you know a picture of me with brains in a office with these corporate men sounds like own who you are and the, everything else will fall in line
0: I love it as you were talking and you know you said before like a boss picture of you with the desk and in the corporate environment and because you were saying earlier how people used to ask you what are you it yeah. would like be a big question and say who are you oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah there it is yeah <laughs> There it there you is. Go, there
1: you go. There you go. Like, who are you? Because yes. this, this is who I am. I don't, you see, this is who I am. Who are you? Right. I like, right. Yep.
0: Yes. That's it. That's my book right. There you go. There you go. Okay. So name a book that has changed or greatly impacted your life. There's just few, but I think
1: I would have to say The Secret. The Secret mm-hmm. is, and I know I've talked about it already, but The Secret is really where I ground myself
0: mm-hmm. every
1: day. Because the secret, you know, there's the gratitude that comes, the second version of the secret, which is gratitude. Being able to be so cautious of the right now and kind of being cautious about how powerful the mind is. Because, you know, the mind is the most powerful computer in the world. Yes, yes, it is. Being mindful of how powerful your mind is. And I learned this in The Secret. And being able to tailor your thoughts to them being positive ones. Because whatever you put out in the universe is what you get out of it. Yes. So if you put out positive thoughts, you get positive. If you get negative, you get negative. So driving myself every day to work in the morning, I think these thoughts, today's going to be a great day. Affirmations like I'm going to do great. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be able to get through this, you know, versus dragging out of bed and I'm trying to go to work in the morning. You know? right. so all of this has the secret is, is part of my life now. And I've read it a very long like as I was a child. Mm-hmm. So, yes. So the secret is definitely the most, the book that has had the most impact in my life as of late. Yes. I
0: love it. I love it. Cause we, we attract what we focus on. People don't realize Amen. that, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll know people that will say things. And I'm like, um, how about you never say that again? Cause that's not what you actually yeah. want. That's not what you want to happen. So stop saying that. How about we stop. speak yeah. life and say what you want to happen? <laughs> Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so name one of the most worthwhile investments you've ever made. That could be money, time, or energy.
1: Worthwhile investments that I have ever made: Um, investment in myself, investing and believing in myself, um, Unrelentlessly. like being able to pass the minority, pass being young in the industry, pass being the only girl, pass being, you know, this person that what are you? you know, no matter what, that never was a crutch to me. Mm. That was always, to me, rather a negative thing that other people may take as negative. I would use it as more of a weapon.
0: I love that you said that. We've had um, very many women, actually, who have Mm -hmm. answered that they've investing, you know, investing in themselves, personal development, Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. you
0: know, just in order to be a better person was one of the yeah. greatest investments they've ever made because that is how they've multiplied things in every other area of their life. Correct. Love it. I mean, Love you gotta,
1: it. you gotta, you gotta be good with you first before you exactly. can give, give anything to the world.
0: Okay. So what new belief, behavior, or habit has improved your life in the last five years? Journaling. Mm.
1: Journaling, being able to put my thoughts down on paper at the end of the day, um, has really helped me to bring my thoughts down. Because when you're in an environment like as fast-paced as the one that I'm in constantly, your your mind is racing all the time. And there's all these ideas and all these things going on, these events, and plus your personal life. And if you have it all in your head, you can go crazy. Mm-hmm. And that builds anxiety. It builds all types of things, stress. So being able to write it all down and kind of recapping your day and and just even like so a side note, doing a to do list, but just but really just writing down your thoughts and paper, like how you felt today, what happened. That to me has been the most helpful thing because I think at at first I you know I suffered from anxiety and, mm-hmm. and, and it was bad, it was really bad. Like especially when I was in Chicago away from my family and and trying to figure you know navigate this career and I don't really know what this is and how did I get here? And I love it, but I I don't know nothing about this. Mm -hmm. You know, having all those thoughts in my mind constantly and being away and, you know, not really having a personal life but more, it was more work than anything else became, uh, it it just became something that was starting to bring me down Mm -hmm. and it was affecting me. So I needed to find ways to contain that demon and writing my thoughts. And literally, and I, and I like to write, like if I'm writing a story,
0: because mm-hmm. maybe one
1: day my journal, my journal could be my story.
0: And, exactly, your memoirs.
1: It's, it's it is, that's what it is, and mm-hmm. um, that is literally the most helpful. I recommend it for anybody writing down your your thoughts.
0: Yeah, they say so manually helps. writing things down it engages your mind on a higher level. So between understanding that and. The practices I learned from Bob Proctor and the documentary, The Secret, that was the motivation mm-hmm. for creating my gratitude journal. It's a practice that we need to do every day, but sometimes just saying what you're grateful for isn't enough. You know, when you write yeah. it down, it forces you to think more. It forces you to feel, you know, it forces you to envision things. And. Mm-hmm. I feel like I created my journal not only for other people, but mainly for myself. Like it holds me accountable every single day to write these things down. You know, at the beginning of the day, writing down what I'm grateful for, what I'm going to focus on, and what my affirmations are. And by the end right. of the day, writing down what my highlight of the day was, what I wasted time yeah. on, what I'm going to improve on tomorrow. Yeah, it just helps. It. it just, it yeah. just helps to so bring it all back together. Mm-hmm. So, what have you become better at saying no to in the last five years?
1: I became better at saying no at being available. Mm, mm -hmm. You know, I was very available. I'm naturally a person that aims to please. And people tend to take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. And so making myself so available and being at every event or being, you know, was draining my energy. And so I really had to take a step back. And and start saying, I need to, again, take care of Tracy first, mm-hmm. because I can't give you guys what you need from me if I'm not taking care of myself. So the gift, I guess, or it's almost like a skill that you learn of pushing mm-hmm. back. Yes. Of pushing back is literally what I have almost feel like I may
0: have become an expert in <laughs> like, you know if i took account and i did a poll i could say probably 80 percent of the women that have come on the show when i yeah. asked them what they've become better at saying no to it's the same thing it's events and it's you know people places the things that no longer serve yeah. you or that don't serve you or don't feel good or that don't give you peace it's just being comfortable saying no right. to those things i think it's great
1: absolutely
0: yeah i it's love like- it
1: Before, I used to be like, oh, my God, I'm going to have FOMO. I'm not going to be at the party or hanging out with the homies. I don't care anymore.
0: No, I I, celebrate JOMO. It's joy of missing out, not fear of missing out. (laughs) Amen, sister girl. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Last but not least, what impact do you want to have on the world? I love this question. I feel like my purpose
1: in life, and it's funny because it takes a long time for you to figure out what your purpose in life is. And, mm-hmm. and I honestly have always felt that my purpose in life is to empower women like young women like myself mm-hmm. to get to a position where they're so comfort- comfortable in their own skin that I wish I was a man or I wish I, we had the things that a man has is no longer a, a thought.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because mm-hmm. being a woman is enough.
0: Yes. Being
1: a woman is more than enough. More, It may be even better. Guys, don't hate me for this. <laughs> then being a man, we may, it might give, even give us the upper hand mm-hmm. um, in a lot of things. And I think teaching women how to own their womanhood and love it yes. and be empowered by it, that is my purpose. I believe that's my purpose. And I, I don't want to leave this earth until I fulfill that need in my heart and that hunger in my heart to really empower women to really truly believe in themselves
0: Unyieldingly, I love that. I love it. I love it so much. (laughs) It reminds me of another guest that I had on the show. Her name is Vivian Kay, and she's the founder of Kinky Curly Yaki. And it's basically hair extensions with kinky hair. So, you know, us women of color that don't have silky straight hair, we want actually like forcey hair, or you know what I mean? So, her company, uh, she's the founder of that. But when she came on here, she said that oftentimes we don't ask for what we want or stand up for who we are because we're afraid to and she learned to have what she calls white man audacity she (laughs) said because Mm -hmm. they don't feel any way about asking for what they want or speaking up and she (laughs) she actually posted something recently on instagram when she's like Mm -hmm. when in doubt think what would chad do Yeah. So. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> right? right. So yes. you're fully owning who you are asking for what you want. Like I think it's, it's too way too often I'm in spaces of women of color that we, we play small because we don't want to come across as, you know, the angry black girl or the, you mm-hmm. know, the spicy Latina or like all of those things, right. those stereotypes. When if, we had that white man audacity. If he could say what he wants, right. why can't we? Why can I? Yeah. Oh, and
1: that girl, I mean, <laughs> I own it. I mean, people here at work sometimes look at me like, how do you do it? I don't, I mean, I honestly, if he can do it, so can I. And I might be able to do it better. Mm-hmm. So, you mm-hmm. know, why not? You know, why not own it? The worst that could happen is you get a no.
0: Right. But
1: you gotta, you you gotta be comfortable You got to be comfortable with getting rejected. You got to be comfortable with those things. At the end of the day, when people see that you're so confident in your own skin, I've Mm -hmm. noticed they respect you for that. And the no is actually less, become less and less and less a problem. Yes. Because people are now like, oh, my God, should I say no to her? Oh, my God, she is a boss. So I I, I ain't trying to say, I ain't trying to be on her bad side. Yes. I ain't trying to be on her bad side. So, Yeah.
0: My older brother, when I was little, taught me that because I, I used to be extremely introverted. I've definitely yeah. evolved like a long way. But my older wow. brother taught me when I was little because I was afraid to ask for something. It could be something as small as a cookie. I was afraid to ask. And he was like, listen, mm-hmm. the worst they could say is no. <laughs> just ask. What are you afraid just of? Ask. The worst they could say is no. Like, they're not going to kill you. Just ask. So agree. Oh, yeah, that's green. that's my new thing now. I just just ask. Just ask. Because you wow. never know what you're going to get out of it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Even if they don't say no, you know, they may give you something that you never thought possible. You know, their exactly. their answer could be greater than what you were looking for. Exactly. Yeah? Well, thank you so much Tracy. I appreciate you taking the time to join us and sharing your journey with us. Thank you so much.
1: Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited
0: to um,
1: potentially continue to work with you.
0: Yes, definitely. We need to stay connected for sure. Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And to all of our listeners until next time, subscribe to our newsletter at com. And if you've received value from today's show, share it with a friend that you think needs to hear Tracy's testimony and be sure to screenshot it post it on social media and make sure you tag tracy and tag myself tracy tell them your at name again
1: miss tracy on instagram
0: there you go and i am the real mckinney best. thank you for your time and continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling